Amen. Who's ready this morning to dive in to the funnest part of the book of Acts, in my opinion? How many of you have been reading ahead and, and reading the, the chapters ahead? A couple people? Cool. Awesome. It's good to know that a couple of you are reading the Bible. So we've been on this trajectory of talking about the church as it can and should be. Last week we talked about why the church can and should be empowered by the Holy Spirit as the vehicle of advancing Jesus' mission. Not the vehicle of advancing Pat's mission. This is imp- I want you to catch this. We are not empowered by the Holy Spirit to advance the mission of a leader, but only of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm a person, and so there's a flavor and a tone. When you get up in the morning, you put on certain clothes, you listen to certain music, you read certain books, you watch certain things on Netflix or Hulu or whatever you've used to cut the cable, but now you're attached to a monthly payment that probably equals more than what you had when you had a cable bill because you've got 14 different ways to watch something now, right? So there's, just, there's a flavor and a tone, but we are submitted to one thing and one thing only, the mission of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit provides promise, inspiration, and activation, and Inspiration is, it means to imbue. The, the Spirit of God was imbued. This word imbue, I, I don't use that word. I'm kind of a simpleton, so I had to look it up. And if you remember, if you were here with us and, or joined us on our online campus, you heard me describe this word imbue means to saturate, permeate. It's to impregnate. It's something that happens internally. It's not motivation. We need to lose our motivation. That's an external catalytic moment that gets us off the start line, but we need the inspiration, the impregnation of the Holy Spirit in us as a church, as individuals, amen? The church has been activated by the Holy Spirit, but often lives bound by division. I felt like this morning, I just I, I have a bit more of a heart message. I'm gonna, I'm gonna warn you up front. It's a bit more of a heart message. I feel like just the God has been making my heart swell with some things, and, and I think it's good for your hearts as we talk through this. It's good for our heart as a church. The church today, we're gonna talk about why it can and should to, to battle this bondage of division, why we should live in freedom and surrender. And I'm gonna dive into the description of those words, but we're gonna jump into Acts chapter two. It's Again, one of the funnest, weirdest, most awkward scriptures uh, for me in the New Testament. And you're going you're gonna to see why here. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, can you turn to somebody and say Pentecost? Pentecost means 50th day. Can you turn to somebody and say 50 days? Can you say 50 days? On the day of 50 days, on the day of Pentecost. Sorry. All the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled. That word filled, it, it, we, we hear fill and we're like, oh, I'm going to fill a cup. Well, you never really fill a cup to this definition. It means flooded. 
We fill our cup, we don't want to spill. The Holy Spirit came and filled to the point of flooding for the purpose of overflow. Can you say to somebody right now, Holy Spirit came like a flood? Can you say again, like a flood? Okay, so we're starting now. Now we're like, oh, Holy Spirit, would you just come? Okay, be careful because when we say that, what are we saying? We're saying come like a what? Okay, can somebody say flood? It says, and it filled, it flooded the house. This word house isn't like a structure. It means an inhabited house. There's a difference. There's a difference between a house and a home. Have you ever heard that? A house is the structure. A home is what happens when people get together with a common mindset, bounds together on a mission, one another, saying we are surrendered to this thing, that this house was filled and inhabited. So Holy Spirit comes and floods that which was inhabited. This morning, we're sitting together. Maybe you're sitting in your living room. I don't know where you're at, but I want to tell you something. We are gathered together, and the hope is we would be surrendered, and we would be after. We would be saying, we're here right now with this time for one thing, that the flood of the Holy Spirit would come. And it filled, flooded the house that was inhabited where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire, this is what gets weird, then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. It's, it's this, let me, give you a, let me give you a picture. If, you, if, I, if I lit a candle right now, have you ever, have you ever like, have you been mesmerized by a flame? You turn off all the lights and you can just look at the fire, you know, and you start like, touch it. That's, maybe it's just me. And the flame, like, it's, it, 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 it's, it's like licking back and forth. It, it, it has this appearance and takes on this persona of a tongue, okay? So, so imagine in your head these flames or tongues of fire appear. <laughs> we're, we're here right now. We're waiting together, and tongues of fire appear in our midst. We're like going, okay, this is weird. This isn't biblical. Well, I read it. <laughs> Then looked what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled. Now this, this word filled is different. That every one of them was filled. And this is what wholly takes possession of the mind. To imbue, oh we learned that word, to impregnate our minds. And everyone present was wholly taken possession of in their mind, was impregnated in their understanding. That their their thinking was transformed. This morning my prayer is, in the name of Jesus, that our thinking about what a church can and should be empowered by the Holy Spirit would be transformed. That our minds would be wholly possessed by the living Spirit of God. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. It kind of has a different tone when I give you some definition, doesn't it? Our English language is so fun. We were filled. <laughs> we're sitting together. They were singing Kumbaya, Pastor. And the Holy Spirit showed up and they were filled. Half full or half empty? I don't know. No, overflowing, flooded. Right. Wow, God's showing his character and nature of abundance and overflow. 
Our mind has a capacity to understand and our minds need taken over and filled by the Holy Spirit. Paradigms and mindsets this morning need to be shifted. Agreements that we've walked in with of things said to us in our past, things that we've stitched to our hearts are gonna be broken today because our minds are gonna be taken possession of by what? The Holy Spirit. And it said, with the Holy Spirit taking possession of their minds, they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They began speaking in what we commonly know in, 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 in certain realms as speaking in tongues. Okay, super controversial. I'm not gonna get into, I want you to know this. This is not an exhaustive study on tongues. We're not gonna do an exhaustive study on the Holy Spirit today. We're not, we're not gonna get into that. I wanna get into what the church can and should be when we experience the freedom the togetherness, and the surrender. Number one, activated church can and should live in freedom. On the day of Pentecost. So this, here's a little bit of a teach, okay? I'm gonna get super nerdy, but I think this is important for us to understand the wide reach and the power of the miraculous God that created all of us. And how his narrative and story that existed before we did has been woven into our existence as humanity. And he shows this miraculous, miraculous ability to be a storyteller and how you fit into that. Listen, Pentecost means 50th day. What's important about that? Well, the first Pentecost happened in Exodus when the Israelites left Egypt on Passover. So the Israelites were enslaved by the Egyptians. And they left on the day of Passover. Now, Passover, let me take another step back real quickly. Passover was the day that God had instructed the Israelites, hey, the angel of death is gonna come and it, to pass over your home, you need to take a, 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 a lamb without blemish that was a foresign for Jesus, the lamb without blemish. You need, you need to sacrifice that lamb at foreshadowing of Jesus being sacrificed. And you need to place the blood of that lamb over your doorstep, okay? And, and it's foreshadowing of Jesus' blood being placed over the doorstep, the threshold of your life. And, and the angel of death would see that and pass over, okay? Are you with me? That's what Passover means. That's why the name Passover. So on the day, so, so listen to how God synchronizes everything going on. Some of you are wondering today why you're dealing with certain circumstances and you're experiencing and seeing evidence of the shadow of death. And I'm here to tell you that the circumstance you're in actually has the ability to be passed over because the power of the Holy Spirit comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, some... The Israelites left Egypt on Passover, and 40 days later, they arrive at a place called Sinai. Okay? Now, when they arrive at Sinai, Moses, this really famous leader, he goes up onto the mountain, Mount Sinai, and he's, he wants to see God, and God's like, cool, and he comes down 10 days later. They leave on Passover, 40 days they get to Sinai. Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, 10 days later he comes down with what is commonly known in the Old Testament or the Torah, the law, okay? He comes down with, 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 with this, with, with this uh, demonstration of like this is how we should live. A gift was given by God. 
Okay, 50 days. Now, Acts 2 is this second Pentecost. Listen to the similarities. Jesus died on Passover. 40 days later, Jesus goes up onto a mountain called the Mount of Olives. And he goes to see God. He ascends and goes to see God. Very parallel to Moses, isn't it? Ten days after ascending, the Holy Spirit is given as a gift. 50 days. Pentecost is 50. And here are some other, just some other examples that I think are cool. You can put these in your back pocket. You don't have to like, you know, high five me or tip me for these. Both events took place on the same time, on the same month, 1,200 years apart. That's just coincidence. Both events happened to a newly redeemed people. First, the Exodus Pentecost marked the birth of the Israelite nation. And Acts 2 Pentecost marked the birth of the church, the followers of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Both events, God gives a gift as a teacher. The law that was given to Moses was to teach the Israelites. So both events, God gives a gift as a teacher to his people. The Torah provided for teaching in the Old Testament, community of people called the Israelites, and the Holy Spirit became the teacher of Jesus' followers. Just coincidence. 1,200 years apart. In both events, the number 50, this is what it symbolizes. Deliverance and freedom from the burden of bondage. I love this, where the spirit of the Lord, there's his freedom. There's this scripture. 2 Corinthians 3.16, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away that we have the ability to live unveiled, completely free, face-to-face with God. It says, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is. Can you say it with me? There is what? There's freedom. You know the church can and should live in freedom? You know what the Holy Spirit fills? The Holy Spirit frees. I follow Jesus. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you bound? Yeah, I'm still bound. False. That is your human reality. I want to I give you a heaven reality. Okay? It's like, man, I'm just going through hell, Pastor. I'm like, no, what you're experiencing is you're experiencing the battle between heaven and what the enemy wants to make you believe is hell. So we're going to give him heaven. This is important for us to understand that the freedom of the Holy Spirit breaks bondage and sets captives free. This is why the church can and should live in freedom. Whatever is bound can be broken by the Holy Spirit. I'm just stating some facts for us to get something straight about Pentecost. Here's one. 
I want you to know this, that the spirit of revival fell on Pentecost. People talk about revival in the church. If it's, I'm gonna talk to like church people right now for a second. We talk about, oh, revival. Revi- revival's coming. No, false. Revival's here. I want to adjust, I, 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 I'm going to talk, so again, I'm talking to, to, to those of you who are like, I'm a seasoned follower. Okay, so, so listen, I'm going to talk theologically here for a second. I want you to understand the nature of God. God sent his reviving spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. The, prob, the problem isn't we're waiting for revival. The problem is the revived spirit of God is waiting for us to actually see and agree that he's here and he's moving. Some, some spiritual chiropractic moments here, getting some alignment. That same spirit is still with us. And I want you to know something. He wants to revive things that seem dead. Is your faith dead? Are you bored with it? Do you need the adventure of following the Holy Spirit? I think that's what the church needs. Or we can just keep reading church growth books. Hey, we just need to do what guys did 50 years ago. We're gonna talk about that in a second, a little bit deeper. The activated church can and should be living in reality of freedom and deliverance and pursuing these things together. Let's talk about togetherness. Activated church canon should be living together. This is when the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one accord. I remember when I was a little kid, I went to this church. It was two blocks away from my house. My dad got radically saved. I remember he came home. He took his cigarettes and he threw them all away. And God delivered him from smoking. It was super funny that you talked about that, Jeff. God delivered my dad, right? So I remember I was three years old. I remember what I was wearing the first time I went to church. I walk into this little church. I'm just like, what is this? I'm in this shirt. I have sensory issues. I'm just being vulnerable. Um, So certain clothing and things just, I can't do it, okay? Like, don't ask me to wear denim to the beach and then put my feet in the water and get any salt water or sand. I grew up surfing. I don't like sand. I don't like the feeling of it. I know I have issues. It's okay. The Holy Spirit's come to revive things that are dead. And deliver me from those things. So I remember what I was wearing, and we, and, and we go to church. And I remember the pastor always telling this, this stupid joke about being in an accord, because a Honda, Honda makes an accord, you know, and he, he's this stupid pastor joke, which I'm not even gonna repeat because it was so dumb. But this is why I remember this passage so much. But I never grabbed what I'm about to explain to you. I never grabbed out of it what I'm about to explain. I just thought it was like a funny passage to make a joke around. With one accord is what's called, this, this is what the word is. The word in the Greek is homothymodon, okay? Now, super nerdy, but follow me. This describes the uniqueness and the power of Christian community. This is, this is how it describes it. The word is a compound word. It's made up of two different meanings, two different words in the Greek that are put together. So in English, we have to say in one accord, and that means something to us. We have some general, English neuters some of the depth of, of language. We have a very funny language, right? And so 
This is a compound word, and this is what this compound word means. It means, one part of it means to rush along, quote unquote, to rush along, and the other part of it means in unison. So there's this, they were, they were gathered together, rushing along in unison, okay? So let me give you this image. The image is musical. So if you were hearing this said contextually at the time it was written, it would actually bring to mind for you an image of music, okay? And this is how. Different notes that are being sounded simultaneously, and they're swelling up and down in harmony. Think about if I had five cellos sitting on stage with me right now, and I had each one playing an individual note, but all those notes were in the same chord structure, in the same key, and they were filling out, and they were swelling. I mean, how many of you have ever heard strings that swell in music, and it's like it grabs a hold, you're like, why do I want to just cry right now? As a musician, my favorite, I'm always like, can I get strings? You can never have too many strings. I'm like, you can never have too much harmony. You can have, never put too much. It's just something powerful about it, right? So it's swelling, it's pitch, it's the tone. It's together in unison, okay? So let me break down this word unison. It means unanimously. So this is unanimously in the Greek. This means that they were agreement of all the people involved, which is impossible if you think about it. Because we're never all gonna agree on how to get something done. That's just the truth. But that's not what they were in agreement over. Okay? Harmoniously, if persons assemble together at the same place and same time, you have to have the other part of the compound word to understand what they were in agreement over. They weren't trying to agree on how the gift of the Holy Spirit should come. Notice they didn't fight over, I disagree, fire, tongues of fire. Uh, let's take a vote. Get, can we get the elders and the board of the 501c3 church? I'm sorry, I can't actually find any of that in scripture, 501c3 church. That's an American thing, just FYI. Okay. Rooted out of the Constitution. Whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going deep. So what are they in agreement over? Listen, they were in agreement that they would rush along. Here's what this word rush along means. With passion. What does this word with passion mean? Let me give you an idea of what they were in agreement over. This is what, with one accord, in one accord, this is what it that they were in agreement, this is what the word means. This is crazy. As if breathing hard with fierceness, with swelling discontentment and dissatisfaction, that they were hungry. What am I saying? That they had gotten to the point of living life with Jesus, that they were sitting together in one place in agreement and ready and waiting full of discontentment and dissatisfied with anything other than the gift of the Holy Spirit being sent to them. They were hungry. They were passionate. They were fierce. Ha. Does that describe the American church? I think what we should do is just read another book. No. 
We need to ask the Holy Spirit to show up. Wait, let, let, let me back up another. The Holy Spirit's here. We need to ask each other if we're willing and ready for the freedom and deliverance that comes when we're together in unison, hungry and fierce and discontent for anything other than the move and the power that he brings. Do you know that's our legacy? That's what the church corporately was born out of and born for. An activated church can and should live together in passionate pursuit of Jesus and the reviving power of the Holy Spirit. They have a commitment to harmony and it's required to be in one accord. This, though, will require the church to surrender. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have Lexi and Robert and I'm actually gonna ask my daughter, Kehau, to come up here. While they're doing that, don't be distracted. They're gonna just be grabbing some instruments and doing some stuff. An activated church can and should live in surrender. It said, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages. This word filled, as I mentioned before, it's this, this, this idea that we're wholly taken possession of in our minds, in our understanding that the paradigm of the perspective of how we think Holy Spirit should move is completely taken over. You know, I said in the beginning that what stops us is, is we have this bondage of division in the church and most of it, in my opinion, is centered around this. And when you boil every argument down, it's actually centered around this thing. It's I disagree with how you think the Holy Spirit needs to move. And so what we do is, is certain parts of the church just go, we cut the Holy Spirit completely out. Holy Spirit's not for today. I mean, there's, all, there's, there's this kind of idea, Holy Spirit's not for today. And then and some other people compartmentalize the Holy Spirit. Like, Holy Spirit can move in these ways, but not in these ways. And when it comes down to it, it's because, because well, I don't, if we can't fully systematically understand what Holy Spirit's doing, then it's not right. And what I'm telling you is, is that you're never gonna fully understand what Holy Spirit's doing because the thoughts of God are far higher and far greater than our ability to understand. I wanna tell you today that Holy Spirit wants to move and break agreements and break bondage in your life in ways that you may not understand, that may make you uncomfortable. But I also wanna tell you, it doesn't have to be tongues of fire and weird. Sometimes Holy Spirit wants to move in very logistical plane. Like some of you are sitting in the room and you're like, you have engineer minds. You're very systematic. Do you know that Holy Spirit moves in the systematic creative approach in your mind that God has given you? And you may be sitting next to somebody that Holy Spirit moves in, this, in, in very expressive manifestations. And the two of you are like trying to agree on this. And I'm telling you, you're never going to agree because Holy Spirit is going to move on you as your ability is given, like God's given you a grace to think and, and, and to move a certain way into another person. They just seem like they're chasing butterflies. They're out in left field. Do you know what you're talking about? Like these type of people? And you're like, I can't go to that church. 
You know, my dream is like, I'm a bit, a bit like Martin Luther King. You know, my dream is that one day we would all be able to live together in our diversity. That in, in, in the way that God built you, that he still wants to have revival move powerfully through your life because he's given you an engineering mind. That God wants to move powerfully right next to you is sitting somebody that's like, I just want to lay on the ground and speak in tongues and like cry to, to Papa, Papa God. Most men are like, I'm not crying to Papa God. God wants, like men and women approach this differently. There's, there, there's, a, there's a difference there. Like men, it's okay the things that God has built into you. Like we present Holy Spirit as this flowery thing. It's like Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, wants to move. He wants to break the agreements that have been made in your heart where you have put Holy Spirit in a box. Why? We need to be fully surrendered. We're never going to experience the freedom and the togetherness, the passion to pursue Holy Spirit, the surrender, and ultimately the revival. We're never going to experience when we're sitting around arguing over Holy Spirit and how He can move. Who are we to say how Holy Spirit can move? Holy Spirit, you're not allowed to move like that. That makes me uncomfortable. Did you know your systematic thought approach makes me uncomfortable? But there's power in it. And I need to surrender to the gift that God has given you. And the prayer is, Holy Spirit, fill the spreadsheet. Come like a flood. And it said, Holy Spirit came as tongues of fire. Come like a flood and come like a fire and awaken that thing inside of you that you felt like needed to be put to death because of this idea that Holy Spirit only moves in these ways. That we wouldn't be a church that lives with prescription on how Holy Spirit should move. I'm not gonna stand here and tell you, hey, for the Holy Spirit to show up, that means that X, Y, Z needs to happen, that everyone needs to fall on the ground and a fog needs to come in the room and everyone needs to start speaking in tongues. False. You're gonna encounter Jesus the way that you were created to encounter Jesus. And my prayer as a pastor is that we would all just be after freedom passionately together. Would you be willing this morning to actually exercise this? Would you be? Here's what I'm gonna do. I felt like we just needed, we just needed some time to worship and so how I was just playing the piano the other day and I said, hey, honey, would you, and I was singing behind her, I was preparing this message, I said, hey, would you come up and just, you and I can just do this song together and she's like, yeah, sure. Which that is a highly expressive response from Kehal. Now, I love you. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have them dial the lights down a little bit. I think environment is key, why? Why do I think environment's key? If it's not key, then why did Jesus tell them to go to an upper room and wait in that place? And I want us to do this together. I want us to understand when the Holy Spirit takes possession over the way that we think, we we surrender to his mission and we stop disagreeing about the methods
Living together in surrender to the Holy Spirit makes it possible for the church to fulfill Jesus' mission, regardless of methodology. So this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna ask you to just close your eyes. And I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read to you what Jesus' mission was given to him in the book of Isaiah. And now, because he's chosen us to advance his mission, this is our mission now. Listen to this. And for some of you, I want you to know something. I believe there are things that you walked in here with today that God wants to literally break the bondage of agreements that have been made. Isaiah 61.1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me and now the church. I want you to just really take in For the Lord has anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent us to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, that today is the day. With it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. This is not your enemy's people. It's the war that we're engaged in. God is waging war against Satan and a third of the angels that fell with him. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. This is the church family. They will rebuild. Who is they? Us, the church. We will rebuild the ancient ruins. The things that we think are dead, we will rebuild. Repairing cities destroyed long ago, they will revive them. There's that word. Though they have been deserted for many generations, foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord, ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations and boast in their riches. Instead of shame, that the spirit of shame this morning would be broken off. The spirit of guilt this morning would be broken off. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours this morning come holy spirit come and fall in this place refresh what needs to be refreshed make anew what needs to be made new while we sing this i want you to respond how you are here to encounter jesus like no prescription some of you are going to come forward and be on your face. And this and there is freedom. Because with the Spirit of the Lord, there's what? There's freedom. So you respond.
the Lord wants to do is he wants us to grab a hold of the understanding that he could have chosen to pour out his Holy Spirit on each individual 120 were in that room. But there was something powerful about the reviving spirit of God being poured out in togetherness and community. That what God wants to do in restoring family out of a God who shows us family in the community of him, his son and Holy Spirit. That what he's asking us to do is to stand in togetherness, surrendered passionately to go after freedom and deliverance to see the brokenhearted healed and those who are captive and bound set free. Then for this to happen, it has to come through the context of family. It has to come through the context of community. It has to come through the context of, of togetherness. That the divisiveness of what the enemy has been winning in is being broken right now in the name of Jesus. That we are a church that can and should be moving together freedom and the deliverance passionately surrendered to the Holy Spirit. So Lord, this morning we would walk away from this moment knowing that your presence, that your spirit it came on the day of Pentecost and your reviving spirit is alive and well and here and present that in the middle of your circumstances that God's not a far off God Haley this morning in our prayer time together as a team had a word she just said I felt like people are walking in the room with circumstances and things going on and you're perceiving uh, struggles or things you're dealing with as God being far from you but you need to see God as present in the middle of those things and we need to turn our face to him and say would you revive the things that I'm perceiving as potentially dying or dead if you need prayer this morning, if you haven't already received it, do not leave this place without getting prayer. We want you to, re to receive the reviving power and spirit of God in your life. For the rest of us, if you feel comfortable doing so, you can join me in standing as we get ready to leave. comfortable doing so I'm going to ask you to just hold your hands out God give us surrendered hearts to receive not one time but to receive time after 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 time for us to receive the reviving, powerful spirit of a living God. Refresh, refresh, fall anew. That we would be a church together in agreement about one thing, that we are gonna have Jesus at our center and we are gonna go after people that need with a living God and passion is going to be our approach together the church can and should be living in freedom in togetherness in passion and in surrender in Jesus powerful name in togetherness we all say
amen and amen.